Shazam? Peace, man. What a joke. Hello and welcome to Elseworlds, a DC fan podcast, part of the To the Infinity Saga and Beyond, an MCU fan podcast. So I put episodes on both feeds here. Um, we are talking spoilers for The Batman. Uh, Matt Reeves' The Batman a movie that just came out March 4th, 2022. Written by Matt Reeves and Peter Craig. Directed by Matt Reeves. Starring Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, Paul Dano, Jeffrey Wright, John Turturro, Peter Sarsgaard, Andy Serkis, and Colin Farrell. All right. Uh, so we're going to get into it here. So the uh, plot takes place on Halloween as we have Gotham City Mayor Don Mitchell Jr., watching the tv as his kid is about to go out trick-or-treating and the first thing we really see is through the riddler's eyes as ava ave maria plays <clears throat> over the scenes um i thought this was a really great start to the movie i thought it was very interesting. At first, when we're kind of seeing through Riddler's eyes, I was like, are we watching, like, through Batman's eyes? You know, I didn't know how this movie started out. Um, and I thought maybe he was going to be stopping some sort of crime to, to start off here, because I heard a lot of people say, oh, the opening's really good, like, really great opening. So I was kind of thinking, okay, it's going to be something like an introduction of Batman, but I like that it was an introduction to Riddler here, and the way, the way they shot it, where the Riddler you know, just kind of appears behind the mayor when the mayor goes to, like, answer the phone. Um, I thought was very, very interesting. And, uh, you know, what we learn right here is that the mayor, Don Mitchell Jr., is tied as we get a week away from Election Day, pretty much. And he's tied with the candidate, uh, Real. Uh, who is, you know, slogans like, let's make real change, you know, play on her last name. And uh, it's pretty brutal. Starts pretty brutal. Riddler just <laughs> knocks the mayor on the head and just keeps going at him for a bit. And then he's going to tie him up. And uh, this is where we kind of cut to Batman and the rest of the criminals that we see just kind of doing little things, right? And we get... Bruce's narration, which I thought was a really fun, comic-y thing to do. We don't get a lot of this in the movies. And what I mean by that is, you know, in comics, you get a lot of, like, thought bubbles. You know, thought bubbles of what's going through their mind or a narration type of thing for, you know, Spider-Man. Even Batman has it at times and all these characters. And it... Um kind of sets the stage and I, I really liked this narration here where Bruce is saying how everybody thinks he is um you know in the um everybody thinks he's in the shadows uh but he is the shadows right I thought that was a very interesting way of of Bruce laying it out here as and it's showing it you know showing like three different crimes at once and that he, you know, he can't be at every single place at once, as he says. So he's got to pick and choose. So um, what I liked about it is that it shows that he's already like a mythical creature in Gotham. People already know of the Batman. 
people are already scared of the Batman. They already got the bat signal. Really like how they set up the stage for it here. And then, you know, just any time that they would look down into a very shadowy abyss where the lights end, just the thought going through their head of, what if I kept going and the Batman's right there and he's going to beat the crap out of me? So, you know, for some of them, it kind of deters them or, you know, um, you know, the one guy that drops a spray paint can and is not going to go into the building to find it because he's like, you know, the Batman could be right there. This is where we get introduced to whoever is on the subway here, whatever gang this is supposed to be, where they're just going around and like just sucker punching people, which is br- brutal in its own self. And they're kind of doing an initiation for this new member who decides he he's a little I don't want to say he decides not to do it. He's scared to do it. He, he's like not really into it, but, I f- you know, he's getting the peer pressure. And they're supposed to punch this guy who was kind of trying to get away from them on the subway. And this is where we hear the footsteps of Robert Pattinson's the Batman. He walks in, doesn't say a word, beats the crap out of him. And we get the line that you heard at the beginning of this episode. I am vengeance. And I think originally in the trailer, it shows that somebody's recording this. And I think that might be why everybody calls him vengeance catwoman's gonna say it a few times penguin's gonna say it a few times even the guy at the end doing work for the riddler says it so i do think that was like an original thought they had uh but now i'm not sure now it doesn't make as much sense unless if it's just you know people have spread the story of oh this you know he always says i'm vengeance you know when people ask who he is or something i don't know that could be how it works you know, I'm sure people have had their run-ins with the Batman and try to share their stories of, you know, what the Batman was like. Um, but yeah, so so that's how we kind of kick off this movie, and it was just a really awesome entrance for the Batman. And then we get, you know, him, him seeing the bat signal in the sky. He goes, and we get right to the murder mystery of it all. We get right to the crime scene where we spend a lot of time in this movie at crime scenes. And I really enjoy that. As I said on the spoiler free review that they focused on the detective aspect of the Batman and the relationship between Jim Gordon and Bruce is at the best that I think it's ever been on screen live action. Anyway, you, you, how many times they say to each other that they trust each other. You know, how many times Gordon sticks up for him? It it really shows, like, okay, this is the set of this. Now, at this point, Gordon is just a lieutenant. We're going to be introduced to the commissioner in this scene here. But, you know, just seeing Batman survey the crime scene, uh, the opening up the letter with the first riddle, and um, the answer key, and, like, the, you know, the... Uh, yeah, the answer key type thing where uh, the um, why am I blanking on what it's actually called? Like the thing that uh, oh, you know what it is, the answer key. <laughs> but this is what I've kind of wanted from Batman when I was really excited when they did the first trailer for this movie was, OK, we see him actually like involved with the police and he's actually solving crimes. Like, I think in the Nolan films, he's mostly, if I remember correctly, he's not, like, really ever with the police. Like, he'll have his run-ins with Gordon and, like, have that communication with Gordon. But he's never really, like, like this, where you see him walking through a crime scene, walking through a police station, you know, later on. Um, And him just saying, like, I trust, you're the only one I trust. And then later on in the film, Gordon responding back to Batman saying, I only trust you. And that is like this. They nail the relationship between Gordon and Batman in this. I don't really want to say Gordon and Bruce like I did earlier. Gordon and Batman, because this is, you know, Gordon doesn't know that Bruce is, is Batman. So he's, uh, you know, we, we just got to kind of say like that, the Gordon and Batman uh, relationship. So, 
Pete Savage is the commissioner. He's going to come in and he's going to be like, why the hell did you bring him here? I got press outside. This is the mayor's death, like the mayor's crime scene. We're not going, this is not a good look for us. Batman at this point has been doing it for two years is what we learned. And then he's actually been working with Gordon for two years. Gordon's going to say later on, like, you know, it's been two years. You haven't even told me your name yet. So I, I think that's pretty interesting is sometimes, you know, Batman starts off by himself and then kind of hooks up with the commissioner and getting more of the seal of, of approval. But I really like the way that this sets up with Lieutenant James Gordon, kind of a Batman year one. If you've read the comic of year one where, you know, we kind of skipped that year, right? Because <laughs> this is year two, but it could play out the same type of way. If you read year one and then go into this, that, you know, Gordon is uh, trying to clean up the, clean up the town and starts out as like a Lieutenant and an officer and then kind of goes up the ladder from there. But uh, so, you know, we get introduced to Alfred. Alfred here is played by Andy Serkis. He does a phenomenal job. I say you can tell how much Alfred cares for Bruce. We feel like maybe Bruce doesn't reciprocate. And I think that's one thing I also enjoyed about this movie that I didn't think I would. Um, Bruce Wayne in this movie is, is a jerk. He's lost himself. He's so entwined with the Batman at this point where, you know, he says it himself. These two years I've become like a nocturnal animal. I've been, you know, roaming the streets at night. And I think that's something that's very interesting for Bruce. We don't see the playboy philanthropist Bruce Wayne in this. And I think we will in the next few movies, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I think, He's going to learn, as we'll see at some of the events here in the film, some of these events lead him to believe he wasn't making the impact he wanted to make on the city, and he's going to have to adjust. And I do think he will adjust, and I think maybe in uh, The Batman 2, whatever they want to call it, that he will end up kind of backtracking a bit uh, on... That. I think he's not going to be as a, much of a recluse. I think he's going to go out and try to use his money to help the city in other ways where Batman can't. And that's what I kind of get from this. We'll talk about it more as we get near the end of the film when, when we're talking about this. But, uh, you know, Alfred, the key, that's what I was going to say. Uh, well, I already said the answer key, right? <laughs> Sorry, I am trying to think of what this, what this term is. Okay. But uh, he gives, uh, you know, one thing I really liked is his contact lens that is recording all of the stuff. So he's able to relive it. He's able to take a picture of the answer key. He's able to take a picture of the riddle. He's able to print it out and kind of have his own copy and do whatever he needs to without relying on Gordon giving him some sort of the evidence, which would be very tough for Gordon to do. So I do appreciate that they thought of this. This is, you know, when people talk about grounded this is a grounded movie talking about like the human relationship stuff but there are some fantastical elements i've talked about in the spoiler free review how gothic gotham is i really like the look of gotham doesn't look like your everyday like pittsburgh the way that the previous franchise uh you know the previous trilogy uh, skip the snyder stuff i was gonna say like the nolan trilogy you know very modern city modern time america is what it kind of looks like. Um, it's filmed in Chicago and Pittsburgh for those Dark Knight films and all that. This is filmed more like Liverpool, London, some Chicago in there as well, but it looks very Gotham. Like, uh, very much reminiscing, uh, reminds me of the Arkham games. The, the look and feel of Gotham. Like, I'm thinking about Arkham Knight, me, like, gliding through the city in the rain, which is a lot of rain in this movie. But some of, like, the alleyways, the under the trains and all that kind of stuff really feels like Arkham in 
the video game, the Arkham series. Um, but, uh, you know, they're going to solve the riddle here. He lies still. He says it. He then uses that on a code and gets the code breaker. That's probably the term I was looking for. And they realize if they highlight the letters they already found, it spells out drive. So Batman and Gordon are going to go to the garage of the mayor. He's got tons of cars. Then they see like the thing that he used to cut off the thumb is plunged into one of the tires of a car. They look in there, they find a thumb drive, a USB drive with a thumb attached, the missing thumb from the mayor thumb drive. Riddler has a very sick sense of humor. And I love Gordon actually like commenting on that. Like, Oh, this guy thinks he's hysterical. And that the USB port even needs the thumbprint to open is just another level of twisted from the Riddler. In this, we get the images of the mayor with a woman, um, Annika, from the Iceberg Lounge. And we find out that the Iceberg Lounge is operated by Carmine Falcone. Um, well, his run by Penguin, but Falcone usually hangs out there sometimes as well. Uh, and Falcone is another recluse, as we'll, as we'll find out later in the film. So Batman tries to, you know, bring these pictures to the Penguin. Uh, Penguin, you can tell he's hiding something. He says he doesn't know who it is. But Selina Kyle, Catwoman, is one of the waitresses, I guess you'd say, who works there, and she is Annika's roommate and girlfriend. He's going to follow Selina to question Annika. Um, and they're going to go all the way back to... Um, her uh you know to her apartment he's gonna watch her he's gonna watch her leave go to the mayor's house he's gonna try she's trying to break into the safe to get annika's passport that's you know the mayor had stolen her passport so that way she couldn't leave and and i guess to have some sort of control over her ultimately but what what happens after that is you know we go into this part where uh, Selena's going to work for Bruce. He's going to send her in with one of the contact lenses that takes video into the Iceberg Lounge 44 below. That is another level of the club. It's the real club, as Selena calls it. And she's going to go in there, and we're going to find out that half of the DA's office is one drop heads, which is like a drug that they use, drops. And that they are corrupt. And one of them is District Attorney Gil Coulson. Now, somebody there at the table mentions about how the Russian girl ended up missing, that's Annika, due to, uh, you know, due to this uh, information of whatever they're talking about. And, uh, you know, that lady gets up and, and, you know, Catwoman, Selena, goes after her Instead of staying with the commissioner, I mean, not the commissioner, the um, DA's office people to get more information about the Sal Maroney case, which is the big drug bust that the mayor was a part of and made the careers of a lot of these people. Oh, and during this as well, I totally spaced on, on where we're at, but, you know, he, he follows Selena. He's going to uh, the mayor's office. Then they find out they go back and uh, Annika's missing and the commissioner is dead. The commissioner had like his died from arsenic poison, but also like the rats ate his face. It was kind of gross. They didn't show that, thankfully. Um, but they talk about like a rat and that is what they're looking for, the rat. And they mentioned the rat in 44 Below which is when Selena leaves the table and she's going to run into uh, Falcone and he makes references as if he knows her, which throws Batman off a bit of saying, wait, you have a relationship with this guy. And that ends, you know, Selena takes off the contact and uh, is gone. Uh, so then what they're going to do is, you know, Batman and 
Lieutenant Gordon are going to deduce that the informant may be the penguin because one of the clues is about a rat with wings and they talk about how a penguin has wings. And also Colson, we see him get kidnapped by the Riddler at this point as well. Um, but we see the penguin uh, and as they are trying to pick up some drugs, uh, Selena gets there and discovers Annika's corpse in a car of one of the dirty cops trunk. Batman's going to get shot at. He's going to fall down and uh, he's going to escape into his Batmobile and just kind of make a rear grand reappearance when it's needed. And this does the car chase that we've been seeing in all the trailers here. And I'm a big fan of this car chase. I thought it was great. I'm not a big car chase guy usually, but I actually really like this Batmobile and how muscle car muscle car esque it is, especially for a early Batman. I think by the end of this trilogy, we could probably get a more fantastical Batmobile. We might be able to get a Robin, which I really hope at some point we get a Robin in this universe. And uh, yeah, I mean, I really, really enjoyed this and uh, seeing the penguin get knocked over, kidnapped, and, uh, you know, Batman solves another riddle here with uh, the El Rada, URL Rada being uh, URL and going to a website where he's going to have a conversation with the Riddler and he's led to the orphanage. They go to the orphanage and they find out that Bruce Wayne is the next target and Bruce Wayne is not home. He, he is the Batman. So, you know, Batman's riding home. He's trying to call Alfred, trying to get in touch with him to say, you know, like, hey, there might be somebody trying to kill us. But uh, in the mail pile that Alfred's going through is a bomb that's going to blow up. Alfred's going to be okay. We learned that. But this is a pivotal moment for Bruce as well. Bruce has lost his parents. Um, he's been kind of treating Alfred like a dick a bit. You know, are you a Wayne? Um, stuff like that. And uh, it doesn't really come across well, but he realizes here that during this drive here, he is scared of losing again. And, and during this as well, you know, he goes to bef before all this, because it's hard. Uh, so much happens in this movie. I'm, I'm skipping stuff, but we get the great funeral scene where he goes. And one, I love that he saves the child um, and how much he connects with this child. We see it in when he, you know, the child is being interviewed by police and Batman kind of stares at him. The kid kind of looks back. Bruce sees himself in this child who luckily is not an orphan. His mom is still alive, but he just lost his father. He's the one that found the bodies. Batman was there. You know, Bruce was there when his parents were killed. Stuff like that connects. Um, and here he saves the child as Bruce, not as Batman. And this is where we get Coulson with the bomb strapped to him. Batman's going to solve the riddles for him. But Coulson won't give up the rat's name because he knows that whoever the actual rat is is power enough to kill his whole family, and he's not going to do that. So the bomb is going to go off, and we're going to see Coulson die. Batman's going to get blasted backwards, and this is then where we kind of get to the whole penguin thing and and um, the rat and uh, all that all that good stuff where we're going to get Bruce thinking he's the next target. He's going to survive. Um, Alfred's going to survive. And from there, we get into some of the Thomas and Martha Wayne stuff, which was interesting. The Riddler was a resident at the orphanage, and he holds a grudge against the Wayne family because Thomas Wayne was going to do great things with this renewal project. That's what we keep hearing. The renewal project, Real, the, the mayor candidate says about we've been trying to renewal renew for for like 20 years it's time we do a different plan now and we know now that the reason why people didn't want to do a different plan is because that they've been using the renewal funds 
to pay off uh, the police and all this stuff and to instill a mayor and stuff. And we learned that the rat is actually Falcone. Falcone ratted out Maroney's, Sal Maroney's own uh, drop business so that way he could kind of take over it. He's also installed Mitchell as the mayor pretty much and pays off the cops. And they made this drug bust to make all of their careers. And now all these people are indebted to Falcone. So it kind of worked out perfectly for Falcone. He like used this maneuver to become an even bigger crime boss. They make this drug bust, but they don't actually shut it down. They take all the money for themselves. And Falcone is paying off all these people through the renewal funds and through uh, the drug business. So where does Thomas Wayne come into all of this? Well, Thomas Wayne apparently was running for mayor. Uh, Martha Wayne has a history of being in an asylum. Her parents are the Arkhams. So this is not something that is always in comics. This has been something that most famously is in Earth One by Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. In Earth One, uh, which is a good series. I got volumes one and two. I've read all three of them, but it's a good series. But um, volume one of Earth One, I believe, talks about how Martha... Well, one, Thomas is running for mayor in that. There you go. Alfred is a former uh, military man in that, and he is in this as well. Martha is an Arkham in this book and in the movie. And her mom went crazy and killed her dad and killed herself. And Martha survived. This was when Martha was 12 in the book. I don't know if they mentioned how old she was in the movie when this happened. But it's a very traumatic thing. And of course, one, if you're running for mayor, you don't want this out in the public. You don't want them to know Martha was in an insane asylum and all that. But also, you don't want this to kind of resurface. So uh, now it's presented originally that Thomas didn't want this to resurface for his political aspirations and for this to be in the news. But Alfred is going to say in the hospital, that's not why it was. He did this to help your mom. He didn't want to bring all that stuff up and bring that stuff in the public where your mom has to go through it all over again. And for people to look at her a different way. So he tries to get Falcone because Falcone, um, you know, he stitched up Falcone one time. was kind of indebted to him. And our Falcone's indebted to Thomas Wayne a bit. We hear that at the um, funeral as well, the, the memorial scene. But Thomas Wayne goes to Falcone and says, can you keep this guy quiet? Falcone's going to try to pay him off, but he's actually going to shoot him. Kill him. This is not the Thomas Wayne we're usually used to. And as Alfred is going to explain it, it's not the Thomas Wayne that actually lived either. Thomas Wayne just wanted him either paid off or not to run the story. He never wanted him killed. Falcone took that extra step probably thinking that he could have Thomas Wayne in his pocket a little bit more if he went to the extreme. So that's what happens. But Thomas Wayne was actually so distraught, he was going to go to the cops. And the night they find that out, Falcone kills him or sends somebody to kill him. Maybe. This is all Alfred's suspicions. We don't actually know if this is what happened. But the night that he said he was going to go to the police is the night they leave the theater. He dies in front of Bruce. Falcone, before Alfred says all this, Falcone tells Bruce that this is because of Maroney. Maroney didn't like that Thomas Wayne was in Falcone's pocket and that Falcone, uh, that Maroney killed Thomas and Martha Wayne. But the thing is, nobody still knows. 
uh, Alfred even mentions it could be Sal, it could be uh, it could be Falcone, but it could also just be a random mugger who shot too quickly, lost his cool. Not, I didn't mean it intentionally that pun lost his cool for Joe Chill, but you know, in the comics, usually it's Joe Chill that kills him, and maybe that's still who was hired to kill him if Falcone did the hit. Alfred doesn't Alfred has the suspicions Alfred's not 100% sure. I think in the movie it's kind of open-ended. I think it could be Sal, it could be Falcone, could be a random guy. But and I think they could play around with it in this trilogy too if they wanted to keep revisiting that. They could I haven't seen anything that specifies that okay well falcone was telling the truth so i mean that alfred was telling the truth again it's an unsolved crime so we don't actually know what happened alfred even makes it clear it could just be a random mugger which is i think a way to placate the fans who really want it to just always be a random mugger so i think you can kind of have your cake and eat it here too um so that's what we're led with. with. That they have a nice moment where Bruce tells Alfred he didn't want to go through losing somebody again. He was so scared as he was driving home that he was going to lose Alfred, and they have a nice handhold. And we kind of get to the last bit of the movie here. The election happens, I guess. I mean, Mayor Mitchell's dead. So I mean, uh, usually in real life, what they'll happen with? Um, I, I think we had something like this happen recently. Not a murder, but like. Somebody died either due to COVID or, or something else while they were running. And uh, they postponed the election. It was like a week before the election. Postponed the election and they were going to try to find who would replace him as a candidate. In this, it looks like she just kind of runs unopposed. Real or wins by default. I don't know. But it seems like she's going to be the mayor. Um, they're having a party at Gotham Square Garden. Kind of like a Madison <laughs> Square Garden situation. And uh, we get Falcone. They, they, they're going to bring in Falcone. They were able to get Kinsey, the cop. Um, he had Catwoman's phone, which was missing when she came back and found the place all uh, in, in a mess uh, when she first met Batman. Um when Annika was taken. So she had, uh, he had Catwoman's phone on. There was a call from Annika when everybody comes in to kidnap her. And it's a recorded voicemail of Falcone killing and strangling Annika, which is kind of his MO here. Uh, we find out that he actually killed Selena's mother. And he actually is going to try to kill Selena the same way with strangling. So we get all that great stuff. Not really great stuff, you know what I'm saying? But uh, <laughs> we get all that stuff. And then we get to uh, Batman. One Riddler shoots Falcone. Batman goes up there and they start discovering his place. And uh, the Riddler is going to ask for Batman to visit him at Arkham. He goes there and they have this great tense conversation. This is probably my favorite part of the movie. I don't know. Like he is the way this is shot and written where Riddler says Bruce Wayne and goes off about how upset he is that everybody focused on the rich orphan instead of the orphans like Riddler who didn't have anything that were dropheads by 12 that the babies died because it was cold all that kind of stuff he's got great points Batman is thinking the jig is up because even in Riddler's place it says I know the real you so Batman's thinking he knows I'm Bruce Wayne right now and you see the fear in his eyes you see him realize oh crap this is being recorded like what what am I going to do here and it's shot and written as if, and performed amazingly by Paul Dano, as if he doesn't, as if he knows that Bruce is Batman. 
But then you get the little twist here of we couldn't get him, but we got everybody else, didn't we? He, Riddler thinks he's in leagues with Batman. He is taking inspiration from Batman. He's going to say that to Batman. He says, I'm doing this because you, you've shown me what we can do. You hide behind your mask. I hide behind mine and I can actually be the real me. So I know that this is the real you. He was meaning that Batman is the real person. Bruce Wayne is the disguise is what he's getting at. But Bruce was reading it as he knows I'm Bruce Wayne. Then Batman just kind of berates Riddler where Riddler is going to lose his mind. Uh, and this is again, just performed brilliantly by Paul Dano. And we get the trucks that start exploding um, later on. Riddler is going to say here in this conversation, like I got called on purpose to be here safe because it's about the flood, right? That's his thought process and that we could be safe together. That's why I called you here. Batman then has to go figure out what he's missing. The murder weapon that's been used in the first two crimes or all of the crimes is a, uh, carpet thing to rip up the carpet or rip up the floorboards. Batman's going to do that and find underneath of there real change. And it has kind of like little lights where I guess all seven of the trucks would be that are going to blow the, the like sea walls and it's going to start flooding. And uh, he's going to try to get to Gotham square garden, which is where they're having the little mayor thing for like the election results. And, um, you know, mayor Mitchell's like kid and wife are handling this very well. They've been at all these events for her, uh, showing a really good sportsmanship, I guess. Um, and Riddler's plan is that all of these, uh, you know, people are going to carry out stuff for him. And they all kind of dress like Riddler. They're all there. It's kind of like a very Joker-esque type thing. And they're going to shoot the mayor. Um, they're going to shoot Rial in the little stomach area. She's going to have to get, I guess, stitched up later. But she actually handles it like a pro. And Gordon goes out there, saves her. And we get Batman who is going to crash in. He's going to blow off the part of the roof a bit, which is great. Comes flying down. He does some great action stuff here. And really just a huge heroic Batman moment is this. And then him with the flare leading the people through the floods. And the most heroic moment though, this is like the most comic Batman stuff here that, we don't see a lot of the movies see them like the cartoons and the comics is when he's carrying a little kid to get airlifted out and the kid is scared and the kid puts his hand or her hand. I'm not sure. Uh, puts their hand on Batman's arm and Batman just gently places his hand over top of the kid's hand as a it's okay and the kid is able to get airlifted out of there they calm down and batman is not just a vigilante he is a beacon of hope for gotham and we see that in this movie more than anything where you know kind of like in the dark knight at the end of it batman is going to like take the fall for killing harvey dent so that way the beacon of hope is Harvey Dent. And so that the Dent law doesn't get overwritten, right? In this, the beacon of hope is Batman. Batman is the one who was able to save the day. People know he saved the day. The news says the vigilante Batman saved hundreds of people, which really upsets Riddler. He's going to make friends with Barry Keegan uh, or Kogan. Who is playing the uh, playing? Who will become the Joker? He's not the Joker yet. This was said in a Matt Reeves interview that he is who we think he is, but he's not at that point yet. And actually, Barry Cogan filmed a scene with Robert Pattinson as Batman. This came out in interviews. It's a deleted scene where he says, "Um, 
where, where Barry Cogan's character, who is going to become the Joker, says it's almost our anniversary. So he is somebody that he has fought in the year before, in year one, who is not the Joker yet, but will eventually become the Joker. So probably saving that for the sequel or maybe even the third film. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much the gist of the movie. I like that all the villains are still alive. We need that in these movies. We cannot kill off these characters because I do think we can get a really good story with these characters appearing again. I, mean, I think what Penguin was in this movie was great. He d- was a little bit role, but he's kind of not the Penguin we know him to be yet. He's going to be able to fill in for that now that Falcone is dead. You got Maroni in jail. You got Falcone dead. Perfect for Oswald Cobblepot to step in here as the Penguin and become the new crime boss. And it's nice knowing he has a history with Batman already from this movie. So that'll be that'll be fun for whenever we get more Colin Farrell Penguin. Uh, we have... So let, let's look at what we have. So Selena's going to leave. She's going to leave town for a bit. She'll come back, probably. So we have... Alfred recovering. He's still around. We got Bruce, who's probably going to have to... He says at the end of the movie... He became something here. It's because even when he beats up one of the Riddler thugs, one of the Riddler thugs, who was actually in the church during the um, service, who says, you know, like, oh, this guy kind of got what he deserved because he's rich and, you know, whatever, to Bruce. And uh, that's the same guy who Bruce, like, punched his nose in uh, at the end. Um, You know, he says, uh, I am vengeance, right? And... And Bruce realizes that he cannot continue to be the way he is now. Like, he's inspiring too many people to be crazy. And that's kind of a common Batman thing, right? That he starts off with, if you look at, like, year one, very much of these, like, Falcone-type things. Long Halloween kind of has more of the crazies in it, like Joker and stuff but still kind of like a very crime thing. A lot of Falcone stuff there, Sal Maroney stuff. So what you end up with is he kind of starts off with these mob bosses and cleaning up corruption, but then he's kind of inspiring people like the Joker and the Riddler and all these other characters to be worse. And that's not what he was wanting to do. So that is kind of like his uh, his issue here, and I think is what is going to inspire him to become a philanthropist as a millionaire. As Real said, when I'm mayor, I want Bruce Wayne to do more things for the city. I think he will. And I think he'll kind of separate those personalities a bit more between the Batman and Bruce and do more things for the city as Bruce and then do his vigilante fighting as Batman. So he's affecting the city twice. He's affecting it as a beacon of hope as Batman, but also being a beacon of hope as Bruce Wayne of, I'm not my father. I am going to help this town. I'm going to give money. We're going to clean up the town this way as well. Maybe he'll reopen the orphanage. Maybe he's going to, you know, help Arkham mental health hospital or whatever they call it there. I think it was just uh, Arkham um, prison. Uh, They do mention Blackgate as well, which is usually for the non super villains. So, which is where they were, seemed to have been saying Falcone was going to go. Riddler goes to Arkham. So possible Riddler Joker team up in the next one. Yeah, Joker says he wants to be a friend of Riddler. He's not Joker yet, though. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, so again, let's recap where we're at. Commissioner is gone. So it's probably going to be time for Gordon to step in, right? So we got Commissioner dead. Probably perfect time for, for Gordon to step in and become Commissioner. We have Penguin probably taking over for Falcone. We got an empty DA spot because Coulson's dead. 
is this time for Harvey Dent to step in? It's a thought. Um, yeah, I mean, th- those are like the big openings right now where we can kind of fit in some of these other characters that we know of. Uh, let's just talk inspirations right now. Like I said, Earth One, huge inspiration to this film, I feel like. A lot of the Thomas Martha Wayne stuff is from here. Another spot that the Thomas Wayne stuff is from, a lot of the Sins of the Father stuff. That is a comic run based off the Telltale um, Batman series. Uh, the video games. And a lot of the Falcone Batman stuff is from there. Uh, you know, Falcone trying to help out um, the links with his father, Thomas Wayne, kind of comes from there. I think even the mention of him, like, stitching up Falcone, I'm trying to remember where that comes from. I was trying to browse through Earth 1. I thought it was from there. It's not. It might be from the Telltale game as well, but I'm pretty sure there's a comic where we even see young Bruce watching that. It might be the Earth 1 series. I didn't get the... I just was flipping through it. I didn't get to locate it before I recorded. So there's a big inspiration. Long Halloween is a big inspiration, especially with this taking place on Halloween. Kind of having a serial killer. Volume 2 of Earth 1 focuses on having the Riddler take out some of Gotham's elites. So that takes plenty of inspiration from Earth 1 Volume 2 as well. Um, so where can we go from here? Well, we already got Joker casted with Barry Cogan, who played Druig in um, Eternals. So he's got both Marvel and DC coming after him. We've got... Uh, So we got possibility of Joker teaming up. We got Riddler still around. We've got Penguin ascending further. Possibility that we get somebody like a Clayface or Killer Croc or Mr. Freeze. They've been talking about Mr. Freeze. I think you'd have Mr. Freeze with another villain. Maybe show Joker become Joker and have that build up for a third one. I know Reeve says he wants to do a trilogy, and I know... Pattinson said he'll do more than three if need be. So it would really suck if we only get three. I, you know, we're kind of spoiled now with like the MCU and some of the DCEU where we get some of these characters for a lot of movies. Um, kind of hoping we could get more than three with this. Cause this is my definitive on screen live action. Batman is Robert Pattinson. I think he nailed it. I think Reeves nailed it. There's funny moments. For all the people saying this is a dark film, there's some really funny moments in this movie. There's the murder mystery aspect, which I hope they keep with whatever they explore next. Still a detective film, hopefully. The action was great. I really thought the action was good as well. So, chase scene was great. I don't know. I just thought they nailed it. Um, We're going to start wrapping up here. You know, um... If you want to, if you want to, kind of more stuff like this, like I said, read the Long Halloween if you haven't. Read Earth One volumes one through three. Uh, read or play the Telltale games, Batman Telltale, Batman Arkham. If you're not good at fighting stuff and like button mashing, then play the Telltale games. You're not going to have a lot of that. <laughs> if you're good at that kind of video games, then uh, play Arkham games because you're going to do a lot of you know, pressing a lot of buttons, a lot of fighting in those games. Um, Dark Victory. It's another good one. That's a sequel, Long Halloween. So where do I think they can go with a Robin? That's something I want to talk about before we get out of here. I think Robin can fit in here. There's a few times the way Batman is handling with kids here, the way he's handling situations with kids. Makes me think he sees the those kids as younger versions of himself, especially the the mayor's kid. I can see this Batman taking in an orphan, like a Dick Grayson, 
Tim Drake, Jason Todd, whatever Robin they want to use here first. I'm wearing my Nightwing shirt right now, so I would love a Dick Grayson <laughs> uh, appearance <clears throat> to start out as Robin, and maybe you can build something from there. I do hope we get a Robin in the sequel. I, I one thing I'm tired about with these like uh, with these films is the lack of Robin, the lack of a Bat family, Bat girl, Bat woman, um, Nightwing, Red Hood, stuff like that. Um. Those that's what I'm kind of really want to start seeing those in the live action films. I understand that Batman and Robin, the movie almost ruined the franchise as a whole, but I mean, come on, we couldn't even get a real Dick Grayson name in, in the dark Knight trilogy. It was, um, what, what was his name? the guy Joseph Gordon-Levitt played was named Robin, right? Was his name. Uh, that kind of stuff. Couldn't even get comic accurate stuff for that. And then, you know, in the Zack Snyder stuff in Batman vs Superman, we had a Robin that was dead. And apparently he made that Dick Grayson and not, you know, Jason Todd who usually dies. So they're probably retconning that. Rumors Nightwing will appear in the Batgirl movie. So, yes, that, that's ultimately where I said I really want to see a Robin or a Barbara Gordon Batgirl in these movies at some point. But we might not get those because they're going to be appearing in some of these other DCU movies. But uh, I'm tired of it always being Batman alone. Batman is notoriously not alone. And I do think this one sets up where you can really introduce a Robin next film and it not be, and you know, Pattinson said he's down for a Robin. So let's do it. Let's get Robin in here. It can still be dark. All right. Uh, if you want to follow the show here or give us your thoughts, email elseworldsdcfan at gmail.com. Reach us on Twitter at elseworldsdcfan, facebook.com slash elseworlds dc fan and all of those links are in the show notes as well but yeah that's the batman spoiler review really enjoyed it really loved it definitely submits itself as my favorite batman movie live action my favorite live action batman robert pattinson so i hope you all enjoyed it as much as i did and uh we will see you next time